the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Game preview show, 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks in Santa Clara. Uh, this is matchup part two, and boy, is this going to be interesting because you have a lot of moving parts. When they played on Thanksgiving, it seemed like most of the roster was intact for both units. The main thing was that Kenneth Walker was missing from the Seattle Seahawks, but now you look at the rosters and you're seeing injuries. This is what happens. The war of attrition is real. We've seen these teams battling over the last couple weeks to try to keep their playoff hopes alive. In the 49ers case, not hopes alive, but hopes of getting that number one seed in the playoffs. So they're giving it their all. And there are some, some players that are kind of dealing with injuries right now. And you got 49ers dealing with Eric Armstead being out for the game. And Ray Ray McLeod, the return guy, being out for a second consecutive week. They're having struggles at certain spots. Now they're going to be missing right guard Spencer Burford, probably backup running back Elijah Mitchell. That's just to name a few. But then when you look over at the Seattle Seahawks, they're not doing so good either. Kenneth Walker could likely be back. He's questionable. But then you look at Geno Smith, and he's questionable with a groin. But the reason that it normally the questionable designation usually means they're going to play, in this case, I'm not so sure. The Seattle Seahawks have elevated quarterback Sean Mannion from their practice squad. If they're doing that and elevating Mannion, that means there's a likelihood that Geno Smith doesn't play, which means the 49ers could be facing Drew Locke. And with that comes some different thought processes. Of course, with Geno Smith, you know what you have to do. You know what your responsibilities are. You've played against him a lot over the last two years. But with Drew Locke, he's a little bit different uh, because he's got a cannon for an arm and he's willing to make any throw possible. He's a little bit of a wild card when it comes to playing quarterback in the NFL. Of course, he had a small stint with the Denver Broncos. He was one of their draft picks. They were high on him until they traded him in the Russell Wilson trade. Maybe weren't so high on him when they traded him because he had fallen off a little bit. So we're going to get into all that in this episode. We're going to talk about the players, the matchups, and exactly how I expect this game to go, plus some wild that's bold predictions and the game prediction overall. Who's going to win this football game? Can Seattle cut into the 49ers' lead in the NFC West? Can they reestablish themselves as an actual playoff contender? Or will the 49ers put the Seattle Seahawks in a world of hurt and continue on their mission to get the number one seed in the playoffs trying to catch the Eagles? It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're going to be betting on this game, bet with Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today. Remember to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
And I think where this matchup starts is very similar for both teams, but I'm going to start on offense for the 49ers, and that's establishing a run game. Just looking at the numbers, and I talked about this a lot in, in my episode, uh, Tale of the Tape, where I really take a deep dive into the numbers, is that the 49ers run game is averaging 136 yards per game. That's one of the best in the NFL, and they just took it out on the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who's only giving up 85 yards a game, and the 49ers absolutely blistered them for nearly 150. The 49ers running a rushing attack is phenomenal. Of course, we know what Christian McCaffrey can do. He's already over 1,000 yards on the season, but they also sprinkle in some Debo Samuel. They sprinkle in some Elijah Mitchell. Now, this week, it won't be Elijah Mitchell. More than likely, it'll be Jordan Mason. But you still have that element of a power runner behind Christian McCaffrey, somebody that can spell him. And then you have Debo Samuel, who can just do it all. You get him out in reverses, jet sweeps. Uh, these types of plays are huge. So you already have to worry about McCaffrey. Now you have to worry about Debo. And all the while, it just confuses and makes those linebackers hesitate for half a second. And anyone that's been involved in football for a while knows if anyone even hesitates for half a second, potentially they're going to get blocked because of it. You don't even have to fool someone. You just have to make them pause. And when you do that, that gives you the upper hand because you know where you're going as an offense. That was one of the key things I used to love doing as an offensive coordinator is just making someone either take a step the wrong way, just one, or even just freeze in place. And I knew my guy was going to run right past him. So that's exactly what the 49ers are looking to do in this game. They're looking to go ahead and keep that confusion going. Debo Samuel was highly effective and making the linebackers and secondaries' eyes go towards him. And when it happened, a lot of times somebody else came out on the other end with a big-time play, whether that's Brandon Ayuk in the passing game, getting a touchdown on the, in the back of the end zone, or that's Christian McCaffrey taking a run up the middle. There's just many elements in this run game that are definitely elevated by the use of Debo Samuel. And why is this a significant matchup in this game? Well, that's because the Seattle Seahawks are giving up 119 yards on the game on the ground per game this season. That's not very good. In fact, that's one of the worst in the NFL. And when you look at this team, they were a lot better even just a couple weeks ago when the 49ers played them on Thanksgiving. They have been getting gashed on the ground. It's a little surprising. They go out and they trade a second and a fifth to bring in Leonard Williams. You expect their run defense to get better, but it hasn't. Teams have been taking advantage of those edge defenders. They've been taking advantage of getting some movement and then running off tackle. And also, the linebackers have been playing pretty well, but they're a step slow in pass coverage. So uh, they're having to cheat a little bit sometimes, especially Bobby Wagner. Now, Wagner is still significant as far as stopping the run. The dude definitely has a nose for the football, and he finds it. But then you've got an injury to Jordan Brooks. He's dealing with an injury and he is questionable for this game. There's no guarantee that he plays. If not, though, they have a capable backup in Devin Bush, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, very talented player, and he is good at stopping the run as well. So there's going to be a battle here in the trenches between the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are talented up front. Karen Reed, Leonard Williams, right? Tough guys on the inside. We talked about the linebacker group. And the 49ers are going to be without right guard Spencer Burford. I would normally say this is an issue, except for the fact that Spencer Burford was out the last time the 49ers played uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving. And John Feliciano played right guard, and he did fine. 
He did good in the run game, and he did adequately in the passing game. So, to me, this is a a really a non-concern for the San Francisco 49ers as far as Feliciano being in for Burford. Uh, Feliciano should be able to step in and do a really good job. There are some matchups in the interior offensive line that are make you a little nervous when it comes to pass protection, but run blocking, I think the 49ers can hold up pretty well. And if they can attack those edges, they're going to be able to be highly uh, aggressive and and good at handling what they can do on the outside. So I'm a huge fan of the 49ers run game against the Seattle Seahawks defense uh, because I just think there's a lot of opportunity to run the football. And McCaffrey's one of the best with patience and being able to find a crease. And the 49ers only have to create a small crease, but they have been creating creases against Seattle and Philly just over the last two weeks. And they've been taking advantage of that defense and I think they could do the same thing in this game. And what does the run game do for you? Well, we know that if you start really good in the run game, you're going to be able to establish play action. And one of the things that was different that Seattle did compared to what the 49ers had faced over the since the Cowboys game was they faced a two-high safety look by Seattle. Seattle went two-high safety look and then brought Jamal Adams in the box at the third safety. And it was a, it was a pretty nice you know role that they were trying there. Uh, but by doing that, they allowed themselves to have a thin box. You have a thin box against the 49ers, they're probably going to run the football on you. So will Seattle change? Will they go to a single high safety look? Will they bring another safety into the box? Uh, potentially, that's something they could do. The problem is Brock Purdy had a successful game against them last time. And I think they're worried that if that happens, they'll be explosives. They'll absolutely get gouged in the passing game because George Kittles went off against them before. Debo Samuel has went off against them before. And if you guys, if you, if the Seattle Seahawks let them get into the open field, they're just a real problem. So that early success in the run game will establish the play action pass. And if they're having to use eight guys in the box, when you run that play action pass, 49ers are going to have some explosives down the field. Just too many big time players, Kittle, Debo and Brandon Ayuk all have the ability to catch the ball deep down the field and make something happen with it. Uh, So I think that is something that's, the 49ers are going to have to do. When you run that play action, it also makes those linebackers take a step up. 49ers are highly successful still, no matter what, with Kyle Shanahan at the helm of attacking the middle of the field. Now, Brock Purdy has allowed the 49ers to attack horizontally, and he's allowed them to attack vertically. So now there's a lot more space for a defense to be able to cover. The old, the old way of doing it, especially against Jimmy Garoppolo, was two-eye safety look and then bring somebody into the box uh, into the intermediate area with a lurk or a robber concept and take away that intermediate part of the middle of the field. You can't do that against Brock Purdy. He'll see that guy and he'll find somebody outside on the seam or he'll go deep down the field and take advantage of another situation there. So that sort of way of playing the 49ers is now gone. So when those linebackers step up to stop that run, if you have an effective run game, it opens up a void in the middle of the field. And that's exactly where the 49ers love to go with it. I mean, think about Debo's touchdown against the Philadelphia Eagles where he rumbles and you get a great block, uh, you know, on the edge. It's it's all because of the catch underneath. They put Morrow, the linebacker, in a vertical stretch. You had Ronnie Bell running a little bit of a deeper crosser and Debo a shallow cross. He was caught in between and he sunk deeper with Ronnie Bell, which that's exactly what he should do. Then boom, ball underneath the Debo. He makes Morrow miss. Then you get Ronnie Bell making the block on Blankenship, and bam, it's a touchdown. So uh, those types of things, putting guys in in the stretch and making them decide what they want to do allows the 49ers some opportunities. But it starts with 
getting those linebackers to step up, or in this case, getting them to drop off in coverage because of the fear of Fournier's having a big play down the field. But whatever you get those linebackers coming forward, it just creates more space and more opportunity, not just in the middle of the field, but also in that hook-to-curl range as well, where a lot of times that's where they have covers. They either that flats or hook-to-curl as linebackers, and you could take advantage of those. Jordan Brooks being hurt is significant. He was the one that was tasked with covering McCaffrey a lot of the time. And even then, he got burnt sometimes. But he does a better job at this point than Bobby Wagner. This point in Bobby Wagner's career, he's not built to stop running backs out of the backfield or hang with tight ends up the seam. Those aren't things he can do. If Brooks is out, I wonder if uh, Bobby Wagner or Devin Bush can actually stick with those guys. The Seattle Seahawks might have to go. Clint Hurd might have to decide to go with the safety uh, in that situation. Jamal Adams potentially covering a running back. I think that's an issue for them as well. Jamal Adams normally deals with George Kittle, but uh, if he has to switch over to McCaffrey, that's when it really becomes a mismatch. Because as much as George Kittle's a good pass uh, route runner and pass catcher, Christian McCaffrey's on a different level as far as you know route running and creating separation. So I, I think that's a bad matchup, but we'll see. Uh, if Jordan Brooks doesn't play, that could be a huge matchup issue for the Seattle Seahawks. Then you win the time of possession if you establish a run game. And that's one of the most important things in this game is to make sure you keep Seattle's defense on the field. You keep their defense on the field consistently. and You have your defense resting. 49ers are going to absolutely pull away in this game. And when it gets to the fourth quarter, the 49ers are going to be able to slam the door and finish them off. And that's what exactly what they're going to have to do because Seattle's going to be highly motivated with their backs against the wall. They're a wounded animal. They're sitting in a situation where they're in the ninth seed in the playoff hunt. They, got, they want to get into the playoffs, and the only way they can do that is to go through really good teams like San Francisco and next week on Monday night versus the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not able to beat San Francisco. Their hopes of the playoffs start to slip away in a big way because Minnesota, Green Bay, and the Rams are all ahead of them. They all own tiebreakers over them because the Seattle Seahawks' division record is bad. It's one in three. They've lost twice to the Rams, and they've lost to the 49ers. If they lose to the 49ers again and go to one and four, their likelihood of making the playoffs is basically over. If the 49ers win this game, they all but clinch the NFC West. And of course, there are a couple of games around the league, different things happening from clinching a playoff spot. The 49ers are motivated. Seattle is desperately motivated. That's why you got to go ahead and win on the ground, win the time of possession, and just slowly suck the life out of the Seattle Seahawks. And then by doing that, you're going to take the pressure off the O-line. When the O-line is blocking well in the run game and getting going forward and you're effective in the run game, it makes life easier. All of a sudden, you can bootleg. Uh, you can run different things to move the pocket. But also, defenses are more on their heels. They're not as aggressive attacking. And that allows for the offensive line to settle in. It also usually prevents third and long situations. Uh, and anytime you can prevent third and long, that puts you in a better situation because Brock doesn't have to hold on the football. He doesn't have to wait for them to get down the field 8 to 10 yards. Now it could be a quick pass, a quick drop, and a quick throw. And those things definitely help the offensive line. So I think those are great for the 49ers. You know, those early down successes absolutely create convertible third downs. And I think that's what the 49ers want to do in this game. Please like and subscribe to this video. I really appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to the channel. That helps me out a lot. Share the video. That helps a, a ton. I really appreciate it. If you're listening on an audio platform, 40 hours cut back on Believe. Really appreciate you coming through. If you feel like it, give it a five-star rating. Leave me 
uh, you know, a review. I'd appreciate that as well. Thanks, everyone, for coming through. Let's talk about third down conversions a little bit because third down conversions are something that are important. And the 49ers were just absolutely phenomenal on third down. Uh, the 49ers last week were 72% against the Eagles, but now they're averaging close to 47%. It's over 46%, and they're just trending in the right direction. When you look at Seattle, uh, Seattle is at 45% defensively. So they give up first downs on third a lot. And so the 49ers' effectiveness will help them continue their drives, win time of possession, and just put the pressure on. That was one thing the 49ers did so well against Philadelphia was long drives, successful drives, march down the field, and score touchdowns at the end. Very pivotal, but that's part of the reason. When you look at the inverse, Seattle only converts at 35% on offense. That's not very good. And so they're one of the bottom third in the league at converting on third down. That allows the 49ers opportunities to get off the field on defense. And that's exactly what you have to do. Because the 49ers last week against the Eagles did give up over 50% on third down. Sure, some of those were in mop-up time and things like that, but uh, they're giving up 41% right now. They need to continue to lower that number. I've talked about this a long time. They need to get that down to 35%. And with the defense, we don't know what's going to happen with Geno Smith. So you have to prepare as a defense. You prepare for Geno. You prepare for Drew Locke. And you even take a small little glimpse at Sean Mannion just in case. But with potentially no Geno, and even with an injured Geno, with the groin injury, you got to feel like you have to stop the run. And they're dealing with Kenneth Walker coming back. He's been dealing with an oblique. And you've got Zach Charbonnet that's been dealing with an injury this week as well. Both are listed as questionable, and both were limited in practice this week. We don't know if they're going to play. We don't know how effective they're going to be. But let's be honest, Seattle Seahawks need to establish a run game against the 49ers. They need Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, DJ Dallas, whoever it is. They need them to establish a run game because if Geno Smith can't move around like he normally does in the pocket or extend plays or take off and scramble, he's going to be absolutely dead in the water. So thanks so much, Steve, uh, for subscribing to the channel. Really appreciate it. You've got to make sure that you attack the quarterback. Well, one way Seattle can take that effectiveness away is, is the run game. Well, the 49ers are going to be looking to stop the run. And why is this a little interesting? The return of Kenneth Walker, especially if he's healthy, he adds some dynamics and some explosiveness to the team. If you throw in the fact that the 49ers are going to be missing Eric Armstead and that rotation at the defensive line is going to change, you see potential for some cracks in potentially getting the run game going. Now, do I believe in Javon Kinlaw? Do I believe in Kalia Davis and Kevin Givens rotating You know, with J Javon Hargrave? Yes, I do. But they have to go out there and prove it. They have to go out there and battle against the Seattle Seahawks run offense and make sure that they can limit it. Because if they take away the run game the way they did on Thanksgiving and they hold the Seattle Seahawks running backs under 50 yards of total ground game, they're going to dominate this game. And that's exactly what you want. You want to be able to create third and long situations. Because whether it's Geno Smith or it's Drew Locke this week, Bring the heat, bring the pressure, because normally you'd have to worry about rush lane integrity a lot with Geno Smith. Just get after him if he's dealing with a groin and he can't move in the pocket very well. Go get him, go make things happen. So go get that done. I think that's important. It's also going to be important because after that, and you stop that run and you make them one-dimensional, that's when you confuse Drew Locke. 
And I'm going to talk about this. You would do the same thing against Geno Smith. It doesn't change a lot. You take away reads one and two, and that's it. They don't go reads one, two, three, four. They don't make it through the whole progression. It's one or two, check down, run, get rid of the football, get out of here. Uh, they read half the field. So if the 49ers can go ahead and take away reads one and two early on, they can look to get after the quarterback as a hold on the football or try to escape and run into you. That's going to be important, confusing and causing them to make errant passes and errant throws. And exactly, that's exactly what the 49ers can do. You could do that with sticky coverage. And if it's Drew Locke, absolutely go after Drew Locke. Drew Locke hasn't played very much this year. He's played in two games. He played against the Rams uh, and they lost. And then he played against the New York Giants and they lost. Or they won. Uh, but in both situations, he went two of six. So not a huge sample size. Against the Rams, he was two of six for three yards, but he's had a 33.3 completion percentage this year. He's thrown one INT. So Drew Locke has not looked good this season. And when you look at his career numbers, he's normally a career 58.9 completion percentage. So he's under 60%. That's not good. When you look at Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's over 70%. So Drew Locke definitely lacking there. He's had 25 touchdowns in his career but 21 interceptions. He puts the ball up into harm's way pretty consistently. And so uh, Drew Locke has had, in 2020, through 15 interceptions to 16 touchdowns. There's just a lot of turnovers there. And he gets sacked a lot, too. So the 49ers know that they can absolutely pin their ears back and go after Drew Locke if it's him. And that would be my suggestion. Stop the run. And normally, you want to rush four, let yourself play coverage. Go get Drew Locke. Go get after him. Make things happen. Put pressure on him consistently. Disguise coverage and then bring the heat. And I think the 49ers, if they do that, can make this game not only one-dimensional by stopping the run, but probably very hard for the Seattle Seahawks to even get first downs because Drew Locke's got to prove that he can do things with his arm. Now, I'll give him credit. Drew Locke, he's not afraid to make mistakes. He's not afraid to take chances. So if you're putting pressure on him, you are giving opportunities for him to throw the ball deep down the field to DK Metcalf or to try to get the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba. So there's going to be some opportunities, and our coverage is going to have to be on point. We're going to have to count on Charvarius Ward and Ambry Thomas to make sure they cover that deep third. It's good. That's, that's the truth. He will take some chances. Of course, with those, though, come huge opportunities for the 40 yards defense to get turnovers. That's why I would bring the pressure. Make him get rid of the football before he wants Make him get rid of the football before he understands what he's seeing. And potentially that's when you can get some big turnovers. So stop the run and then bring pressure on Drew Locke. Absolutely collapse everything on him. And if it's Geno Smith, you navigate early through. You see what he can do physically. If he's having a hard time escaping the pocket, if he's having a hard time extending plays with his legs, then you do the same thing to him. Bring the heat. Bring the pressure. He will also throw turnovers, but he's more likely to hold on the football and take sacks. So... Uh, to me, it's a similar game plan once you find out if Geno's playing, what Geno's capable of doing. Geno's not playing, get after Drew Locke. I mean, all day long, bring the pain. That's exactly what you have to do. You have to limit DK Metcalf, and it could be as simple as putting Charvarius Ward on him, uh, but the four yards need to make sure DK doesn't get going. In the Super Wild Card weekend last year, DK Metcalf got going against Charvarius Ward, had an explosive touchdown. Had some big catches. I think he had like nine yards for or nine catches for like 144 yards. Really good game. The main thing is just like you did with AJ Brown, 
keep him out of the end zone. If you limit his effectiveness down the field vertically, uh, then you won't run into the same problems that the Dallas Cowboys had or that you had in the Super Wild Card weekend. And I think the 49ers can definitely uh, get it done. And let's talk turnovers because the 49ers are the best in the league at plus 11 in turnover differential. They have 21 takeaways. 15 of those are interceptions, uh, by far one of the best. And then they take care of the football. Only 10 turnovers. Brock Purdy with eight. Christian McCaffrey with two. Other than that, everyone has been taking care of the football. And even with Brock, six interceptions, a low number, two fumbles from strip sacks, a good number. And the Seahawks have 15 takeaways. So the 49ers have as many interceptions as Seahawks have takeaways. The Seahawks can get turnovers, but the 49ers are just better at it. But plus 11 for the 49ers to plus one for the Seattle Seahawks, that means the 49ers are plus 10. And we've seen that the 49ers have had success against Seattle this year with turnovers. They beat them two to one uh, in the in the game at Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Geno Smith threw an interception to Ambry Thomas. And then you had the fumble by DJ Dallas on the punt that the 49ers recovered. Brock Purdy did have a pick six, so Brock's going to want to limit the turnovers there. But uh, you could see the 49ers have had a distinct advantage in turnovers. And when the 49ers win the turnover battle, they're one of the toughest teams to defeat in the entire league. It's really tough to beat the San Francisco 49ers when they win the turnover battle. So let's get into the wow, that's bold predictions. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> Whoa. It's got to be really bold. It's got to be whoa. And I'm I'm going with my guy, George Kittle, this time. I think George Kittle's going to have an impact game. I think he's going to have a big game. I think they're going to have to try to do something different than they did last time to slow up Christian McCaffrey, to slow up Brandon Ayuk and Debo. And I think George Kittle's going to fall through the cracks. And I think George Kittle is going to have a big game. I think he's going to have two touchdowns in this game. I really do. I think Kittle's going to have an explosive game. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to sprinkle in a little extra here. I think Kyle Juszczyk's going to have a touchdown as well in the passing game. And I think Brock's going to throw three TDs. Those are my two. Or actually, I threw a three because I think uh, Kyle Juszczyk's going to have a touchdown. Brock Purdy with three touchdowns. There you go, right? One to Juszczyk, two to uh, George Kittle. I think that's going to happen. I think the four years are going to have explosive day on offense. And I think Brock Purdy is going to have three touchdowns to the air. I'm not sure it's a wild. It's actually that wow uh, or bold, but it's just a prediction that I think is going to come true because Brock has just been sizzling this year. And I also don't think Brock's going to turn over the football. I don't. I think he's going to be very careful with the football. He made one mistake, but he has just been lightning focused. You can see he's got chemistry with all of his receivers. Uh, I don't think Brock turns over the football. As far as on defense, my wow, that's bold prediction. Four years are going to cost three turnovers. I don't care if it's Geno. I don't care if it's Drew Locke. I don't care if it's Sean Mannion. There's going to be turnovers to be had for the 49ers. I think once the 49ers stop that running game of the Seattle Seahawks, they're going to put some balls in some harm's way, and the 49ers are going to come away with some plays. They're going to walk out of this game. They have, they have 15 interceptions on the season. I'm telling you right now, that number's going up. The 49ers are going to walk away with interceptions in this game because Drew Locke and Geno Smith are going to put the ball in harm's way, and the 49ers are going to come away with it. And then the defensive line, last week you had to play it safe. You had to make sure Jalen Hurts didn't get out of the pocket. You had to take, uh, you, know, you had to play unselfish defensive line. Not this week. Selfish defensive line play. Get after the quarterback, and I think they're going to. And they had three sacks against Jalen Hurts. They had six sacks last time they played against Geno Smith on Thanksgiving. 
I think they have another six sacks in this game. I think they're going to have another six sacks. Horse said on slightly offsides that Chase Young was going to have his first game of two sacks for the 49ers. That could be a possibility, but I think they get after the 49ers, or the Seahawks quarterbacks early and often. I think the only reason they don't get more sacks, I think just the turnovers. They get rid of the football just in time before they get sacked. And then, of course, it's time for the score prediction. Who's going to win this game? 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks. And when it's all said and done, and when the smoke clears, the San Francisco 49ers just have too much on offense. They're too good on defense. Seattle has too many question marks at the quarterback position. Whether Geno Smith is healthy or not, the San Francisco 49ers are going to pester. They're going to get after him. They're going to fluster him. They're going to make him make bad decisions, whether that's Locke or Geno Smith. And I think it's ultimately going to be too much. Corners are going to capitalize on turnovers. Brock Purdy's going to have a big game. George Kittle's going to have a great game. And the San Francisco 49ers are going to knock off their division rival Seattle Seahawks and maybe in their season, 34-17 49ers with the big victory. And I struggled to find the 17, except for the fact that I believe that maybe when we get to the fourth quarter, the 49ers play a lot of their backups and Seattle's second unit ends up scoring a touchdown. That's the only way I could find it. But I think this is going to be maybe a tense game early, but the 49ers are going to absolutely pull away at the end. San Francisco 49ers, 34-17. Let me know what you think the score is going to be in the comment section down below. Of course, join me for the game reaction show after the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have our celebratory time where we talk about the game. If the 49ers win, I believe they will. So, uh, come through for that. I hope everyone does. Of course, I'm very interactive. So if you haven't been on the channel, I read everyone's comments or most of them. And uh, just go back and forth. It's a, it's a good time for everyone to be able to express how they feel about the 49ers win or loss, depending on what happens. I think it's going to be a win. Uh, also, please like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on a push for 5K. Trying to do it before the end of the season. I really appreciate that. Audio platform, four yards cutback on Believe. Uh, please give it a five-star rating. appreciate everyone that listens on audio platforms. And this episode of Four Years Cutback brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. I'll catch you guys after the game for the game reaction show. Come right through here. I'll be on a little bit after the game, and, and we'll have a fun conversation. But until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers.